Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the ninth episode of Joe's Podcast. I'm your host, Marvin Fontanilla. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by a friend of mine from Second Platoon at OCS, Alexis Lear. Hello. And uh, could you tell me a little about yourself, Alexis? Um, well, like you said, we met at OCS. Um, I live in Florida, and I'm in the reserves, and my unit is in Mobile, Alabama. Sure. How's it uh, like out at Alabama for you? Um, well, my unit's kind of in the middle of nowhere, so that's <laughs> it's not very eventful. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's been fun so far. They're, the last drill I went to, they want me to now do the public affairs for the unit, so that's kind of cool. Nothing mm-hmm. to do with MOS, but <laughs> that's cool. What's your MOS? Quartermaster. Okay. Um, do you have your bullet date yet, or? Gotcha. <laughs> I've, been, I've been trying. But, um, I had problems with my uh, BAH because my husband's active duty, so they weren't sure how that worked out. Because oh. technically, I would be outranking him when I'm on active orders. Mm-hmm. So it's been kind of a headache trying to get that taken care of so I can actually get my 5960 and get my school schedule. Yeah, you got you to get your bag, you know. Yeah. Um, so you're from Florida, but are you, you guys said um, you're moving to Washington or thinking about going to Washington soon? Yeah, so uh, we went up there after I got done with OCS and my husband fell in love with it. He's originally from Indiana. He'd never been to that part of the country yet. So we took I took him up there and he absolutely loved it. And it's like, this is where I want to be. I really like it up here. He wants to try and get orders to JBLM. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And you'll be at, what else is getting stationed up there? I think like Cody and... Heaven, right? yeah. There's a lot of people out there. Oh yeah, you, you, and then I don't know about anybody else, but there's a lot of people who've been getting orders up there. I feel like. Mm-hmm. So you guys won't like be entirely alone or anything. So <laughs> no. that's a good. Uh, what school did you attend? Um, I did my undergrad at the University of Memphis, mm-hmm. and then I did my master's at Eastern Washington. It's in Spokane, Washington. Mm-hmm. Is that how you and your husband met, or did you guys meet in Florida? Um, I met my husband. So his oldest sister was my assistant volleyball coach when I was oh, yeah. in Memphis. Mm-hmm. And he came home from Korea to visit his sister and watch her coach, and he saw me. And <laughs> the rest is history. Me. Yeah, just messaged me on Facebook, like super smooth, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that would be. And um, outside of the military, what do you do right now? So um, I work for Coastal Connections Academy. It's a virtual K through 12 school. Mm-hmm. Um, we are, this is our first year. We got about 300 students enrolled so far. It's been very exciting. It's very new. Mm-hmm. We're, this is our, this is new. This is our first year. So I've been real busy since school started last week. So, but I'm, um, I'm an administrator, I'm an administrator. So I work with records and transcripts and all that. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So you don't, you weren't interested in like the whole teaching aspect. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> I was actually a substitute teacher for a while, uh, really? or just teaching in general, and it's <laughs> same, same. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what made you want to commission and join the branch you're in? So, uh, have all the education that I have. I didn't have a lot of job experience. All my job experience was been like jobs here and there that I had through college or when I was in high school. So it was all like waitressing or manual labor or just really small things. So when I got out of college and I started to look for a job, it's like, yeah, this is great. You have all this education, but you don't have any experience doing anything mm-hmm. to your degree. So I was having a heck of, heck of a time with that and joining as an officer gives me the tools that I need to be more successful in my civilian life. So that's part of the reason why I did gotcha. And my hired army and he was all excited about it. So mm-hmm. kind of gave you like a stepping stone or whatnot. So what do you uh, eventually want to do like down the road? Do you uh, are you just gonna stay in the military or are you looking for something else in the professional world besides the whole um, you know school gig? Well, um, 
honestly, I would really like to go active duty, mm-hmm. but um, I'm waiting for my husband's contract to be up because if I go active duty while he's active, they don't have to keep us together. Mm-hmm. They can us at different bases within 50 miles of each other. Mm-hmm. I would rather not have to do that. Yeah, <laughs> We could be together because even this past year, because of COVID, out of the entire year of 2021, I think we've maybe spent three months together because he he's deployed right now too. So we haven't really seen each other a lot because of the military. Yeah. Sorry about that. Kind of be like that with, uh, you know, military life. Um, so what was your favorite memory so far uh, in your new military career? Um, I had to be graduating OCS because my um, husband and my dad were both in their dress blues and they were crying and saluted me and it was just a real special moment. So I think that's gotta be my favorite so far. And I got to, you know, shake hands and give them a coin and do the whole military co- uh, courtesies. It was very nice. Did your, um, I know you were talking before we graduated, did your dad end up, you know, cooking that gourmet meal, gourmet meal for you? Oh yeah, I tore that to pieces. It was so good. <laughs> Is he like a professional chef? No, but he was a cook in the military for 27 years. Oh, he has a very, he has a big passion for cooking. Mm-hmm. So every time, like when we had, for example, when we went up there in Washington, he literally cooked his meal every single, every single time, breakfast, lunch, dinner, every single day. He loves to cook for people. It's his favorite. Oh, wow. Oh, was that, uh, just touching on that, was that one of your, I guess, motivations to join the military since you have, you know, family and your significant other are all in the military yeah and it's a lifestyle that i was used to mm-hmm. and i think the structure that comes along with it is where i thrived personally mm-hmm. so it just it all just kind of seemed to work out and wasn't the right move mm-hmm. gotcha um favorite and least favorite mre oh jeez rice um God, my favorite MRE. I like the tuna. I can't, I've always been a tuna gal. I can't, I, the snacks are always the best. The tuna was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the worst one. Is it like jalapeno pork patty or something? It's just like yeah. <laughs> dog food that's slimed out of the package. Yeah, I don't think anyone likes that. And if you do, then you, you got a stomach of steel or something. <laughs> It's terrible. Um, kind of rewinding back to when you started or just kind of like following your journey through the pipeline of the, I guess the schoolhouse so far, how was um, the whole process for you? Like, you know, starting out at MEPS and then basic and then OCS. Um, it was stressful to start with, honestly, because mm-hmm. I, you have to do we have to write the uh, write the essay get letters of recommendation then I had to go to a board to go uh, to get into OCS which was very nerve-wracking mm-hmm. but um after that I was like MEPS was easy I wasn't worried about that basic was really hard because I was there for so long because of COVID mm-hmm. basic for five months oh my was, gosh yeah I was miserable because everybody I the first night I got to basic, a female in the bunk next to me tested positive. So they pulled all oh. six her, and I got quarantined for a month. Mm-hmm. And then I got five weeks to basic and then I tested positive and then they quarantined me for another month. And then they told us that they would start us at week five. We wouldn't have to worry about starting over, which was a lie because we had to start over and I had to do the gas chamber again. I had to do everything again. What the heck? It was, yeah, basic was hard uh-huh. <laughs> for me. It was long and miserable. Turbulent. Yeah, but I mean, OCS was a blast. Mm-hmm. I still in contact with people and uh, Murphy came to my house. I saw, <laughs> we had yeah. Dinner. Uh, Gregor came to my house and had dinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I met some pretty great people. I'm excited for all the infantry guys because they have to go to Eglin, which is about 40 minutes from here. Oh, hopefully really? Get, yeah, so hopefully uh- I get to see them. For the ranger tab, right? Yep, they have to do like the swamp version or the swamp 
phase or whatever. All right. Uh, rewinding back a little, what do you remember what you put in your um, officer essay? Um, I did, uh, I talked about the Vince Lombardi quote. Oh my gosh, what was it? I can't even remember now. It was like, it was something along the lines of like, uh, the greatest measure of any man is the measurement of the people around you and how those people are, I guess. Like, it was something along those lines, but I went something off of that. What is your favorite pastime? What do you mean pastime? Uh, you know, just for leisure or recreation. Um, God, I'm boring. I don't have any hobbies. Wow. I mean, you used to do volleyball. Do you still? Uh, no, kind of... I don't play as much as I used to. And a lot of people around here, were, so I live in Navarre. They are like beach volleyball to the end, but it's so, it's so goddamn hot. I can't mm -hmm. <laughs> here to go and go play volleyball for hours in the sun. I just die. Mm -hmm. um, no, I don't really, I mean, I don't really do much. I'm so busy with work that I don't really have time to like have leisure things. I mean, I have dogs. I take them on walks a lot, but. What kind I, of dogs do you have? I have um, two red-nosed pit bulls. Oh. They're sweeties. They really are. Yeah. Especially pit bulls in general. They're big old love bugs. But yeah, I just, I am, I try and stay busy, busy doing productive things. Because like I said, my husband's deployed, so I'm pretty like. If I sit still for too long, I get all lonely and sad about myself. So, yeah, <laughs> right? it, it happens. Yeah. Uh, um, going back to that quote that you put in your essay, um, is there any other kind of, you know, quotes, uh, motivational speakers or books or other podcasts that you kind of follow or listen to religiously or in general? I really, I started reading, hold on, I can grab it really fast, hold sure. on. No worries. I started reading, you know who Simon Sinek is? Simon who? Sinek. Is he related to Tom Selleck? Senek, not Selleck. Oh, no. He's like, I'm sure if you saw a picture of him, you'd probably recognize him. He's done like TED Talks and a bunch of stuff, but mm -hmm. he has a lot of really cool, um, I wouldn't say ideas, but he's very successful in his career and whatever. I don't even really know what it is that he does, but mm -hmm. he has a book called Start With Why, and it's all about how to be a good leader while still motivating the people around you. So like he's also written stuff called Leaders Eat Last and Together is Better. He's very much, mm -hmm. he, I don't know how to explain it. He preaches about leadership, but in a way that's not, I guess a dictatorship mm -hmm. and how like, and how like for, so like one of the greatest things he ever said, he said in one of his speeches was, he did a um, he did a motivational speaking at an Apple event, and he did a motivational speaking. It was Apple, and it was Android. Mm -hmm. And he went to the Android event, and they were all all the big executives were all, oh, we're so great. Here's a phone, and blah blah blah, and giving me all these other things. And they spent the entire time talking about the competition, which is Apple, what they're mm -hmm. doing, and what we should be doing next to get ahead of them, and blah blah blah. And then. Um, he got in or he goes to the Apple conference and the mm -hmm. entire time they spend is encouraging their employees talking about their accomplishments and like doing all these other things just focus on what they're doing rather than what the competition was doing mm -hmm. and he said he was in the car with one of the Apple executives and he turned to him he's like oh you know well, Android gave me a phone and I just got back from that and he was like that's really cool I'm sure it's a very nice phone like it was it basically boils down to like Worried about yourself and your success. Yes, be aware of the competition, but being making it a healthy competition where you're not like constantly worried about what they're doing and what they're always doing. It's more of like 
be good with what you're doing and focus on your employees and what you're doing to make yourselves better in your company rather than being focused on something else because then it turns into a toxic environment of always worried about the competition and what they're doing rather than the success of the people you have and who work for you so mm -hmm. so like essentially it's kind of this you know focusing on like what you said on your own craft and st stuff and exactly. to make yourself better and whatnot yeah so gotcha i like him yeah. a lot but I started reading his book start with why which i really like so. definitely gotta check him out because i'm really also you know into a type of i guess motivational or um improvement books and whatnot i'm actually reading a I don't know if you read um, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill, and this dude like talks about you know manifesting, and then like talks about how um, you know a lot of people are reading the book or that he's got inspiration uh, for the book. Mm -hmm. Just kind of is an example of you know how I don't I don't know like effective the book is or something. But I'm only a few pages in, but it's pretty good. What was the hardest part of OCS and BASIC? Um, BASIC wasn't hard. It was just how long I was there. Mm -hmm. That whole notion of the whole point of BASIC is to break you of your civilian habits and break you down to the bare minimum. And being there for that long was hard just mentally and then OCS it had to be the freaking sticks lanes that we did at the end oh my gosh what was it called we do the op words those were mm -mm, those <laughs> I hated the op words you were in that position for two weeks right yep must have been hated great. it <laughs> it's terrible then they were all in grading different and some people who should have done really well did really bad and it was just terrible roller coaster definitely do you um have any tips for those uh who are listening um you know potential ocs going through the whole setting up a patrol base and stuff because i know like how long did that take you guys to do, or does it take in general? Like I heard, like an hour or forty-five minutes. It takes it takes some time mm -hmm. because you have to do the thirty-three percent security the entire time, mm -hmm. and we also had to do the weapon shack and the RTO, and it's, it was it would have been fine if they would have taught us how to do it before we got there. But that first night was so miserable because we didn't know what the <laughs> hell we were doing. <laughs> and we were just kind of winging it like hey just try <laughs> what we're doing and then it's it is hard especially with the little amount of sleep that we were getting like trying to convince people hey i'm sorry you're gonna have to pull a double because this person has to go over here and do this and then people falling asleep on the line mm -hmm. and we had the whole hog situation with the blanks and someone had to have blanks in their freaking and for case a hog came by, it was just it was stressful, but it was it was fun. Yeah, fun time overall. Yeah. Um, who is the most influential person in your life? Most influential person in my life right now. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm gonna have to say my husband mm -hmm. it's like we've we've been together and known each other for so long he's seen me through so many different things in my life mm -hmm. that it's just I wouldn't say I do everything for him because I don't I obviously do a lot for myself but I think because he is so great, I'm like, oh, I've, I have to be awesome. I have to do this. I want him, like, you know what I mean? Like, I want to have, <laughs> I don't want to say his approval because that sounds ridiculous, but mm -hmm. 
I don't know. I just, I want to be the best for him. So he's always, he's my biggest influencer because he's my biggest support system in my life. So. I mean, that's good. You know, just kind of matching each other's energy and stuff and bringing out the best in each other. So goals. Goals. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Do you have any goals within the, the military? I know you said down the line you wanted to go active duty, but did you want to, like, you know, get any additional... Sorry. Uh, oh, you're good. Hey, buttholes. Hey, fuck it off. You're loud. Um, honestly, I was a little off thrown when my unit asked me to do the pub- be the public affair officer. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. But um, I was very excited about it. I sat down with the SAR major and the commander and I went over all my ideas of what I had and what I wanted to do. And they were really great and very supportive. I'm like, I'm excited for the challenge because I think it helped me future for having a good basis and having a tangible, tangible evidence of my work and what I've been doing, even though it's not obviously my MLS, but I'm excited to have that and to have that confidence going into my next chapter wherever it is that my husband and I end up so I'm excited to have that tangible thing and have people that I can be like yes this is, I did this and I have these people to prove it and tell you how awesome I am <laughs> mm-hmm. gotcha so so far what does it uh kind of entail or look like for you Are you like you know setting up a, a blog for your company or you know taking pictures and stuff or yeah, it's a lot of that, but so my unit was deployed. Um, this is only like our fourth um, drill back since they've been back. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of people are leaving and they're transferring or they're getting out or they're just doing whatever it is that they're doing. So they're mm-hmm. right now is. Sorry, my niece is talking. Oh, okay, <laughs> she's gone. Sorry about that. Okay. <laughs> The big thing right now is recruitment and like getting our name and stop it. But um, so like I'm working on a lot of like trying to find volunteer opportunities so we can get some exposure. Like I'm, I'm trying to get it set up where we can go to an LSU game. Mm-hmm. Um, they need people to do concessions because of COVID it's all volunteer work. Mm-hmm. But I think, I mean, getting soldiers to volunteer in general is gonna be really hard. But I think a free LSU game is a good start. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm gonna hurt my dogs. Hold on, I'm gonna no. put them out. You're good. But um, it's a lot of volunteer opportunities that I'm trying to get started, like setting up their logo and having brochures that we can give out to recruiting stations. So like people know that we're there, um, taking pictures of like, we have a change of command, we're getting a new Lieutenant Colonel, just stuff like that, just to get us out there and to get people to know that we're there and that we're wanting soldiers to come be a part of our unit, so. Sounds like a lot of fun. Hopefully. Uh, so uh, going back to, uh you know, all the stressors that you've had um, so far within the military or even in the civilian world, like, you know, you mentioned um, just starting off that PAO position, um, running the patrol base and even spending five months in, in basic. Um, how did you, you know, relax or kind of de-stress in those t- type of moments or just in general? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say I take a lot, I take a lot of pride in taking time for yourself Mm -hmm. and doing something to not necessarily bring them, but like kind of to just relax your mind. So I think that's the biggest thing when you're in a stressful situation is that your mind's going a thousand miles a minute because you got to do this, you got to do that. You have this time, it's time to do it. Like it's just huge stressful thing. Mm -hmm. So I think for me personally, which is so stupid and not a child, but I can watch the heck out of some TikTok because it's just like <laughs> mind numbing. I don't have to think to watch it. 
um, but I get when I was in um, trading, um, I have a I have a notebook that I used to put in like I still have it actually, like just quotes that I found or things that people said like throughout my military career that I think have really that either hit home with me or like in that moment it helped me relax mm. because it's a more it's a bigger perspective on things. It's not so well, I have to get this done. It's like, well, yeah, you got to get this done, but time to realize the importance of what it is, why you're doing it, why you're here. And, you know, just taking a moment to reflect and taking that time to get out of that situation, to relax yourself. Because otherwise it's just going to be overworking and putting yourself on the ground, which is not good. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Self-care. Yeah, that's a thing. Uh, was there ever a time in your career so far, uh, military or non-military, where you had to promote camaraderie rapport with uh, people around you? I think I did that more so at basic than I did at OCS. So I mean, at OCS, we were all, a lot of the stuff that we got graded on or we had to do outside of like, you know, the individual tasks, mm -hmm. we're counting like the op boards. We need to count on our people in our squad to support you and help you do the best you can. But that's what everybody does at OCS because everyone wants to succeed and they want to do a good job. But I think going to basic training older and having to deal with that generation of just this this news generation is mm -hmm. was hard. <laughs> it was very hard because they were a bunch of kids, like a bunch of kids. They didn't do anything, and they thought they were right for everything. It's like actually the whole point of this exercise is for us to work together. So I think I did more of that, like especially for PT. PT was hard for a lot of the a lot of the kids I went to basic with because they never they didn't do anything they didn't grow up playing outside or playing sports or anything like that yeah there's a majority but the handful that didn't that physical aspect of basic was a very very hard mental thing I think for a lot of the younger kids especially mm -hmm. for rock marches and just stuff that sucks and it's gonna hurt and it's gonna be long and I think I did a lot more, a lot more teamwork or team oriented things where I put myself in that leadership position to be like, okay, come on, we got, we got to do this. We can't, <laughs> but bringing people together to support each other. So, because by the end of my, before I got recycled because of COVID, my, they had separated everybody. So our entire platoon was all female mm -hmm. and it was just, Catty, catty bitches, not gonna care, just rude. <laughs> but when it came to, um, what's the, when we did the forge, we were the duty platoon for that thing, for, for that event. So we were doing, putting all the, doing everything. We were, all the females were doing it. And so, and it was a lot of work. So it was mm -hmm. a really big, big team building thing that we had to depend on each other to get it done because it was our duty week. That was mm -hmm. our, what you're supposed to do. So, I mean, it, it forces to have to work together more, but I also found myself falling into that leadership role because I was one of the oldest ones there. So we kind of mm -hmm. fell into that to help us succeed and not, and it was kind of that situation where we, not necessarily that we had to prove ourselves, but mm -hmm. we were all female. All the dudes are just staring at us, watching us struggle, trying to carry stuff and do things, but you know, girl power. Women are strong. Yeah, exactly. So through through the wise words of Beyonce, <laughs> yeah. who, who run the world. Exactly. Uh, um, can you kind of explain uh, for those who are listening what duty week is? So um, during basic training, each platoon has a duty week where they help whatever cadre member 
that is so it's the same so each cadre member has their own couple weeks or a week or whatever it is during basic training of when they are doing their training or when they're in charge of some sort of training event hmm. normally their platoon is the duty platoon so the duty platoon helps set up events they help make sure all the water buffaloes are full and they move uh, make sure the Humvee or anything is unpacked. You have all the tents and everything that you need and you have to set. So they're basically like they're the duty platoon. They're just kind of helping set everything up and helping that cadre member that week with whatever training that they're doing. So for example, when we went to the forge, we had to help set up tents. We had to help serve chow. We had to help, you know, you're just kind of, you're helping everything run smoothly with that cadre member who's in charge of that one. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. And uh, just speaking on um, you know, your actions with, you know, stepping up to the plate in a lot of those uh, tense situations as a leader. Um, how does good leadership and bad slash toxic leadership look like to you? Well, I mean, Bad leadership is going to be, you know, a dictatorship, a tyrant, someone who's not more interested in the, in the success of themselves rather than the success of the team. And I think good leadership is honestly the complete opposite, being more worried about the success of your team rather than yourself. Always, leaders always eat last. You always take care of your team first before you take care of you. Mm -hmm. You're constantly worried about the success of your team as a unit and together rather than, you know, your next promotion and what you need to do in order to, to impress your superiors. Mm -hmm. Always thinking about the Joes, you know? Yeah, the good old Joes. It's crazy because there's a lot of times uh, too, like going through all that and it does happen um, even like in war settings for those who are deployed where they'd go hours or yeah, like hours where they don't get food and you have to have runners and the leaders are always, you know, looking out for them and mm -hmm. just get the bare minimum at times or nothing at all, like what you said. Yeah. And I'm not sure if you touched on it or we touched on it but what was the hardest part of OCS for you? Upwards. Upwards. Okay gotcha and do you got any uh tips for those who are listening when it comes to that? Oh lord um <laughs> <laughs> but I have a good plan I don't know like <laughs> It sounds ridiculous, but have a have a good battle plan, have a good battle strategy, strategy, and take the time for the details because that's what the cadre are gonna like. When you go to present in front of everybody, and you, what was that cadre member's name that made fun of all of us at the social? Oh, the, he was an NCO. He was a goofy dude. An NCO. Yeah, he was a he was a. Oh my gosh, what was his name? Uh, we were all standing there and we were all doing the impersonations of everybody and he, he was like the OCS member ever trying to do their op org and he made fun of all of us oh okay yeah the man he was like the funniest dude yes he was an he engineer was like, uh, but um it's like number one if you're going to do an op org no matter what kind of member you have everyone's going to grade different they're all going to say they grade the same which is a load of force bucky they all <laughs> Mm -hmm. but I think as long as you they just want you to put in effort just have effort mm -hmm. as long as you're trying and they see that you're trying and you're going to be I mean you'll be fine just as long as you're trying and you're putting in effort and they're really going to love if you ask for extra help outside of it because we got really lucky in our platoon that our cadre that uh, Captain Wall took the time to meet with us and answer questions and do that. And I know a lot of the other platoons did not get that. Mm -hmm. So I think asking questions is gonna make a big difference because if you don't get it, 
they're more than likely not going to sit there. They're going to try and tell it to you, but it's so much information in such a short amount of time that if you have questions on something, go ask. They're going to appreciate you more doing that than trying to struggle through it and end up not getting a good grade. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, the answers are always out there, people. Uh, for those who are listening, you know, just like what Alexa said, you got to ask, got to look it up. And then there's also, um, I know a few people who are using like offboard shells, like pre-made from like, I think Ranger Joe's or something. Offboard shell helps. Mm -hmm. And then there's a lot of like parts um, in those offboards where, you know, they don't include the information. So you got to make it up on the fly. So I don't know if you heard uh, about this um, from other people in second tune, but when I was uh, doing my outboard for the first time out in the sticks lane um, as practice yeah. for the for, for the weather part, you know, they don't include the weather. So I just looked up and like, it's going to be sunny. And then, oh, I think I remember that. <laughs> yeah. So if you're going to BS a part or like, you know, add a little part in the outboard, make sure you're good at it. Yeah, that was funny. He's like, yep, it's, it's going to be sunny. <laughs> Yeah, uh, they're. Oh, are you saying? I mean, I, I mean, upwards were hard. Mm -hmm. Damn, history test kicked my ass. That was hard too. Mm -hmm. Doc Campbell's crazy. Yeah, get get ready for those double negative questions, because. The stupidest thing they just <laughs> uh, so dumb. Just make it difficult for no freaking reason. I had listened to you talk for two weeks about history that you decided went this way and then mm -hmm. now you're gonna give me all double negative questions you're high old man there's oh my gosh that guy was <laughs> ridiculous yeah i feel like it was about time that he retired or at least they could change up the curriculum a little bit but... just well, what was the other the bald guy that he looked really weird he reminded me of a cue ball on a pool table <laughs> Mr. Van Every. Yeah, yeah. A lot of them, like, I'm just drawing blanks on the name. I don't, I can remember their names. I can't remember any of the goddamn cadres' names, except yeah. for Wong. Hmm. Who was the, who was our NCO? Sergeant Pulley. Or Sergeant yes. First Class Pulley now. Yes, he, I did see that. Sergeant Pulley. I don't remember. And yeah, that's it. And then First Sergeant, what was hmm. his name? Uh, Zaisi. Yep, see, couldn't tell you. <laughs> no worries no worries well don't remember anybody's name mm, favorite and least favorite event in the acft favorite event is there really one i don't <laughs> i just had to do an acft last week uh, last weekend at drill mm -hmm. struggles it was hot as shit outside oh my god i bet since it's you know humid out there Oh God, Especially. it's true. I did, my least favorite event is the freaking two mile run. Hmm. Um, I think my favorite one, it would probably have to be the leg tuck. Mm -hmm. I know it's hard for females, but I think it is very much a test of your strength and your body control. I really, I was really proud of myself when I could do it. So I think probably the leg tuck's my favorite and a two mile run can kiss all of my ass. <laughs> say that uh helped you for i guess our first platoon or platoon building event um i don't know what it's called like the 100 meter thing. Oh, like the 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 first thing that we did yeah I, I can't you know put a name on the event that what it's called or whatever but you know, for like the whole climbing up and down the ropes and that was so dumb. <laughs> Wait, we had to climb the rope like four times. Yeah. It was terrible. It was like a it was like some some event to like class up to like start OCS or whatever. Mm -hmm. Really confusing but fun. Yeah, and then we had to run with the freaking letter carrying all the heavy ass jugs. That was great. <laughs> Um, were there any conceptions or misconceptions that you had 
before joining that were either verified or I guess the opposite of what you expected? Well, I think my experience for training so far has been really watered down because of COVID. Same. And so I don't think I can answer that truthfully because I know that my experience is not near what it's supposed to be. Like, there's so many things we didn't do at OCS that I'm bummed that we didn't do. Like, where you're supposed we're supposed to run to the Chattahoochee and like throw a rock in, and that's supposed to symbolize your new journey and like this all this really cool stuff that they're doing now mm-hmm. that we didn't do. That I think I think is done. Yeah, we just kind of got our experience chipped. I think they even like they swam in it too after sticks. Yeah, exactly. I just I think. I don't think it was it was necessarily unexpected or anything I didn't expect, but mm-hmm. I think there's a lot that I missed out on mm-hmm. for sure. Gotcha. Uh, just rewinding back a bit, um, you know, starting out with your whole recruiting process and stuff. Mm-hmm. What was, I guess, some of the most challenging stuff for you uh, starting out was it you know getting recommendations or some portions of the ASVAB or some things at MEPS or um honestly it's probably the ASVAB because I have to do your girl's not good at math let's just be honest (laughs) and I also haven't taken a math class in I don't know how many years Mm -hmm. same so that I mean that I mean obviously I passed but Mm -hmm. I was honestly, I was more nervous for the ASVAB than I was for anything else and probably mm-hmm. bored, but that's was fine. It was just a bunch of 18 year olds and they were always like, how old are you? Oh my God, you're so old. <laughs> Go away. But no, <laughs> no worries. I made fun of me because I was old. Um, what kind of questions did they ask? Um, during your interview because when I was like looking up stuff on YouTube um, or even Reddit a lot of people just got like mixed questions or you know they didn't ask the same obviously um it was just like why do you want to join what what qualities do you think you have that would make you a good leader um stuff like that nothing it wasn't very specific it was all pretty broad mm-hmm. And then they asked you like what you want, to, what you want to do, like what branch you want. Um, like my, I think my board was like maybe five minutes. Really? And like, okay. And then I got a phone call saying that I got it. It was pretty, it was very informal. Everybody was really distracted because there was a guy in the waiting room mm-hmm. with me and it was a bunch of us because you have to, your recruiter has to take you. And we're mm-hmm. all sitting like waiting to go in or whatever. And there's this, this dude was weird. He was talking to himself. What the and heck? It was so weird. Like literally everybody was like make looking eyes at each other, like, what the hell? It was yeah, we were all pretty distracted by that. But mm-hmm. it was it was pretty I mean it was it was like a it was basically a job interview, honestly. That's what it felt like. It was a job interview. Mm-hmm. Just you know, what qualities do you have and the best could you bring to this and blah 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 blah, blah stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Would there be um I guess anything that you would say for those who are listening or potential um, OCs in the future uh, to avoid or to uh, say as um, go, uh, in my experience, I, I really, because, you know, like what you said, it's like an interview. So I really didn't like have anything like prepared. Well, I mean, you know, mentally kind of, but when they, <laughs> when they asked like a certain question, uh, one of the questions they asked me was, um what would is there anything that you would uh want to do uh, now or like in the past that you should have like done sooner or something and I said investing and like I feel like that was just like a really dumb answer because I could have said like a dumb answer I mean yeah it's not but like in hindsight like you know a lot of those boards are uh, first off like recorded and stuff and like sent up, but uh, second, they're looking for, I feel they're looking for people who are kind of, you know, just 
into the job and they want to hear like things like oh yeah I wish I could have joined sooner you know yeah so was there any like things that or questions that you got that you would answer differently or that you would recommend answering like um there's the one I don't even remember what his rank was but he had a fat dip in his mouth (laughs) he was a good old boy Mm-hmm. he asked me why I wanted to join and I said to I would really like to work on my professional career like I want to work at my professional part of my life and he was like so you're just joining for yourself you're not joining for your country or for your family and I was like god damn it dude really you just you had to do that mm-hmm. in the middle of the interview in front of these people for really yeah so I was like yeah. well you know I tried to I tried to like save it I was like well you know I'm, I'm an army brat my father's in the military my twin brother was in the military you know like tried to save it but how mm-hmm. dare I not do it for the goodness of my country according mm-hmm. to I was terrible it's crazy to see like um well in, in my opinion like kind of like the perspectives of uh I'm not like singling it uh, sour or anything but uh well kind of but their perspective of those who you know grew up in a military family and like kind of like answering that question and then those who like really don't know anything about the military in general but they're they just have the you know poster poster boy or poster girl um answer which is you know i want to serve my country or like help people out and stuff but like there's a plethora of people and like reasons on why they join the military and they're all valid you know yeah that's just my opinion I think a lot of people outside of you know the actual good old boys who are doing it to serve their country and do all this (laughs) I think a lot of people tend to discount the commitment and the time and the mental and physical energy that just being in the military can really take on a person Mm -hmm. well I think that's the biggest reason why we have so many um soldiers who are retired or had to get out from mental issues because military is a it's essentially a cult it really is Mm -hmm. and the mental stability that can be broken down from being a part of the military is is very daunting I think and for a lot of people being a part of the military it it can change you it really can it can change your entire persona of -hmm. yourself your family sees you and how your friends see you and it that mental that mental breakdown is hard and a lot of a lot of people don't come back from it so I think joining and not joining because you're you want to serve your country and your hua and all these other things is necessarily a bad thing Mm -hmm, but doesn't discount the strain that military life can have on you regardless of your active duty or not you still had to go through basic training like everybody else did you still had to do all the same training Mm -hmm. but I just I think people don't take that into account so when I say I'm not doing it to serve my country I'm doing it for this reason I don't think that should be looked down on at all because I think everybody does it for different reasons but everyone still has that mental a mental capacity of just breaking down because of the military life. I think that's like really true, you know, because I mean, you could have like this type of answer, um, which is, you know, very patriotic. And then there's nothing wrong, again, for those who are listening for how you answer and whatnot. But like at the end of the day, I feel, correct me if I'm wrong, they're really seeing like who's, you know, who who's more than committed and whatnot um but going back to what i was saying um damn i got my train of thought uh i also think military is changing too it's not it's i mean don't get me wrong it is still very much a good old boys club but mm -hmm. i think the type of people who are joining now are just different than what they were you know 10 or 15 years ago that it's just it's gonna be different it's not it's not going to be the same it is changing mm-hmm. so I think the reasons for joining are going to be different than what they were when all the good old boys joined mm-hmm. 
And it really is because like each generation, you know, there's different reasons or each generation there's like, um, like past generations, there was drafts, like they didn't necessarily want to. And then um, now more so there's people who, and it's nothing wrong that uh, this uh, reason, but you know, like you and I are using it for uh, professional stepping stones. Uh, that doesn't mean that we don't care about our military careers per se. Um, but yeah, I mean, other countries, you know, they have compulsory services, so they don't have a choice, but just the few that actually, you know, generally want to go and like you and I continue like family military lineage or join mm -hmm. in general, that's, that's saying something. Yeah. I never really asked this before uh, in past podcasts, but is there anything that you would like to see change in the military? Um, no, no, no pressure, by the way. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I'm just thinking. Um, I would like I would like to change the conversation of I don't bring them up the freaking good old boys they're they have this hold on what's expected in the military which isn't necessarily what is to be expected if that makes sense I think the culture of military is changing but with it I think it needs to change more within the institution because there is a lot of, you know, NCOs and people in the military who have been in for years and years and years, and they still carry on that toxic tradition in whatever form that it is. And I think that that needs to change because we're softies now. I mean, let's be honest, we're mental health and self-care have never been more talked about than it is now and i think for the good old boys who are still in the military that is a sign of weakness and vulnerability and it's i think that is a big it can be a big factor in the mental health of younger soldiers who are now joining mm. that you know toxic masculinity and you're supposed to be this way because you're in the military and you're a badass. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, no, exactly. I mean, because um, I was reading an article the other day and, you know, for those listening, correct me if I'm wrong, but it said that there was more deaths in the military from suicide than actually like any conflict that we've been in for the last 10 years, which is, you know, the global war on terror. And yeah. just kind of like, that's saying a lot, you know? Yeah, I think, I think um, mental health needs to be stressed more in the military. And I think another big problem is that a lot of soldiers don't realize the amount of resources that are offered to them being in the military. Because mm -hmm. a lot of it, I didn't even know. I didn't know that I could call and go talk to a counselor anytime that I want or like really? just stuff like that like I think a lot of like enlisted you know mm -hmm. privates who come in don't realize the amount of resources that are offered because it's not talked about because everybody who does who does know about these resources don't feel the need to share them I don't know but mm -hmm. I think there needs to be more stress on mental health and having a conversation about what exactly the military can offer for someone who is struggling mentally which I think is a lot of people in the military, especially in combat arms. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, it goes back to the force in general. I mean, if you want an effective fighting force, then you got to care about your Joes on every mm -hmm. level, not just like physically, because someone yeah. could be good physically, but like, you know, mentally, they could be dealing with like a lot of things. Um, I know growing up in a military household, uh, my dad was enlisted uh, in the Navy and there'd be a lot of 
other uh, enlisted families who, you know, people are, you know, this is just like a fact that you, you see in the military, like you see like cheating and stuff. And then there's like alcoholism and abuse and whatnot uh, within the family. And then you kind of like take that to the workplace and then you end up seeing like a lot of stress all around. So yeah, it's, it's hard to see. And it's one of those things that I think uh, like what you said really needs to change and be addressed. So mm -hmm. yeah. Um, off topic. Uh, what is one thing you can't live without? One thing I can't live without? Mm -hmm. Or person or um, both. I was going to say, honestly, probably my family hmm. and my husband, like they're, they're my people. I have, <laughs> I don't have a very big group of people, but I got people that I think mm -hmm. I would have a really rough time without. I mean, tangibly, not much. Maybe wine. Probably <laughs> <more>. <laughs> What's your go-to wine? Oh, I'm a Pinot Grigio type of gal. Okay. I've been getting into rosés recently. I don't know, maybe because it's the summertime and I'm feeling some type of way. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, I love a good glass of wine at the end of the night. It makes me, it makes me relax and usually puts me to sleep pretty good. So. Mm -hmm. Have you and your uh, husband or friends like been to a, a vineyard or anything? No, there's not much for vineyards down here. It's just, you know. Because the weather. Yeah, it's just really hot. But they are, their breweries are, they're making a comeback. They got a, they've opened a couple breweries around us, which has been pretty cool, but hmm. not a lot of wine places. At least not yet. Not yet. Gotcha. Might be the next business venture, just open a winery on the beach. Yeah. I mean, why not? You know, uh, I'm kind of talking on that. Do you like invest or anything, or do you, besides, you know, the opening the winery on the beach, do you have any other kind of <laughs> uh, dreams or goals? I mean, honestly, right now, our biggest thing is um, we're just trying to get our our house together like um last month mm -hmm. uh, we just we played brand new floors and we updated all the bathrooms and i don't currently have a backsplash but i'm going to get a backsplash mm -hmm. um we're really we're investing into this house so once we get the next time we move that's where we want to be and that's where we want to raise a family so we're mm -hmm. trying to get this house to where we want it to be so when we move we have the financial clout to get what we really want and we watch a lot of you know HGTV shows and all the other stuff so I am very opinionated about what I think I need in my house <laughs> gotcha you you and my uh my girlfriend wouldn't get along really well in that oh, aspect I'm sure. <laughs> she's a she's an interior designer so I mean if you oh. need tips or anything yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> So as we wrap this up, and I have just two more questions for you, Alexis, uh, for this closing. One being, uh, what words of wisdom do you have for those watching or listening for future potential officers or, and leaders? And then two, uh, what's next for you and what are you mo most focused on at the moment? Any advice that I would say for anyone who's going to join the military and do that initial training, it's temporary. It's gonna hurt, it's gonna be hard, but it's temporary. Everything that you do in your military career, yeah, it's gonna suck and you're gonna deal with crappy people and you're gonna do all this other thing, but it is temporary. It is hard, it sucks, but it's temporary hard, it sucks. Mm -hmm. Always, it will always stop, if that makes sense. So mm -hmm. yeah, basic training isn't as hard as what it used to be, but rucking 10 miles in the middle of nowhere with a big pack on your back and carrying an M4 and you're tired and you're hot and you're sweaty and you can't talk to anybody. You just have to walk. It's temporary. Mm -hmm. But it will make you stronger. Exactly. Um, and right now, honestly, I'm my job is pretty much takes up all my time. I'm like, I had friends over yesterday and they helped me step 
stuff of 300 envelopes and date them and put stamps on them. And <laughs> I'm pretty consumed in my work right now, which is a nice change. It's nice to have everybody I work with is very passionate about what we're doing. And I really respect my leadership team that I work with. And it's nice to be a part of something that is so positive and uh, that's you know I'm just working. Gotcha. That's, that's what I do. Well, that's good to hear, and you know, um, good luck to you and your endeavors, and your eventual move to Washington, and opening your eventual vineyard on the beach one day soon. I hope. Yeah, we'll get there. But I uh, just want to say again, you know, thanks, Alexis, for being on the podcast, and hope to have you on soon and see where you are down the uh, down the road of course thanks for having me all right